This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Careful, West Bradshaw. You're going to start describing Northern California. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Better than being in Southern California right now. That's true. No, Especially if you have a Tesla. Oh, man. I just, I remember, I, I always go back to, uh, I think I told you about when I went to uh, a high school summer camp at uh, Stanford for, mm-hmm. ba- for baseball. Oh, my God. It, it, this is like literally the, the week of July 4th. Mm-hmm. And I'm going out in the morning in long sleeve gear, and like by about ten thirty, I have to roll the sleeves up, mm-hmm. and like for the afternoon session, I can be in short sleeves and it's fine. But like the fact that I can go out to the baseball field at nine a.m. on the week of July fourth mm-hmm. and be like, you know what, I, I might want sleeves today. I might want sleeves nippy. today. It's just a little nippy, it's just just like low sixties. So. So I think I'll just do that. Oh, God, it was amazing. Probably the yeah. most fun I've had playing baseball. Almost ever. That's kind of how this weekend was, man. It's like, you know, I had a sweatshirt and I had like a long sleeve. Mm-hmm. But, you know, usually you go to the North Carolina mountains in the middle of October, you know, you're taking a damn coat with you. Oh, yeah. I had a hoodie and a uh, like a sleeve Under Armour um, little pullover. Mm-hmm. And more jeans, but shit. Yesterday, I wore. Wow. And it was, it was absolutely perfect, man. Wowzers. You know, I mean, you get on top of grandpa. There was about fifty-seven, fifty-eight. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I mean, it's grandma amount. It's just how it is. But man, once you got down a little bit, shit, seventy, seventy-one. Wow. Not a cloud in the sky. It was amazing. As I used to call our football game, what would I call my Chamber of Commerce weekend? <laughs> uh, and then I mentioned murders. Yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. <clears throat> I'm still in business and they're not. So that was... That's true. Right. Wait, really? Yeah, man. Those... I, now, you know, I love a gun as much as anybody. 
Those gun stores, man, they go in and out of business all the time. Okay, I, I just, I thought it was because it was Steve Wordsworth's thing, and I thought it was, it was amazing and wonderful. I, I had no idea it would just. It might have been for a year. I don't know. <laughs> Let's put it this way: West Bradshaw's still in business, and whatever technical they were, they're not. Mm, it's true. It's true. Soon to be replaced by another, but still. <laughs> Bradshaw, still in business, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. That's right. I'm putting up my Tostitos chips. Tostitos is mm. not a proud sponsor of the show, but they could be. It's true. You could be Tostitos if you want to come on and join the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 284. Although you could you could actually join like every episode if you really wanted to, Tostitos. You you sponsor a bowl game. I think I think we're a little above that. So that's the only football we'll talk about. So it's true. Hey, hey, I will, I will break down the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl if if Tostitos want to make a generous contribution to the podcast. Yeah, they want to send me some jars of their delicious medium queso. Mm. I'll be fine with it mm. as I lick my bowl out right now. Mmm. Mm. I think we already got our episode title. Welcome, everyone, to the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 284. My name is Edward Green, rejoined, as always, by McCall and Crime, Wes Bradshaw. Uh, And hey, it's an international break week, and you think, oh, well, you don't have anything to talk about. Ha ha, you were almost right, but you're not. You're not, because, hey, UEFA uh, Euro 2020 qualifying went on this past week. The the next-to-last match week for qualifiers... Um, except for the League of Nations playoff round of 16 that will take place at some point later that I stared at for about half an hour in prepping for tonight's podcast and still don't quite understand how it works. But but hey, I'm sure it'll be made much clearer when the time comes. But hey, some big results. Um, for For one weekend, everybody in England got to use the same headline. So that was cool. Um, reality check. Way to go, guys. That was very clever of you. Um, so we'll definitely talk about that a little bit. Uh, we'll talk, uh, of course, about some other stuff. Uh, USA with a big match today. Can't wait to find out how they did in their game against Canada. Uh, sure. I'm sure it went swimmingly well. Um, I'm, I'm sure Dean Jones will definitely not do another Christian Pulisic article because of it. Um, but we'll definitely talk about some other stuff, uh, some of the other stuff that happened in Euro qualifying and news and notes, uh, as well as of course, watch for, and maybe just maybe a little so elite raw at the end. If we're, if we're feeling peckish, if we're feeling peckish, so We'll, we'll mention that it's a segment. Don't worry. I promise. Um, <laughs> so that'll, that'll, that'll all be coming down the pipe here. Uh, as always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports and at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. As well as Alicia's Pills and Things. Now, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. Because as this is a live podcast, um, and, and as has happened on this very podcast, um, things have tended to go crazy during the month of October when we try to do podcasts. Um, we're not... Full disclosure, everyone. We're not actually doing this podcast on Wednesday night like we normally would. We're doing this on Tuesday night. So, uh, right now, the Washington Nationals are three outs away 
from sweeping the St. Louis Cardinals out of the playoff and advancing to their first World Series in franchise history, uh, where they are currently on pace to meet, hopefully, the Houston Astros, who are up 2-1 in their series over the Yankees. Um, And so, hey, you know, we know Cardinals fans are the best fans in baseball, trademark. And we talked about it last week. Um, so I just, I, if you know a Cardinals fan and if they do happen to lose this game here in the next hour or so, um, maybe, buy maybe buy them a St. Louis Cardinals body pillow. They might need to hold it. Now you might be saying Edward, all the Cardinals fans I know are toxic pieces of shit about their baseball club and are horrible individuals. Why would I want to comfort them? And I say, look, you're right. But if we want to be better as a people, we have to learn to embrace our enemies and and make them feel comforted in their time of need. And not just that, but if you really just want to troll them and get them triggered, it's also a great way to just send them a, bi- a body pillow with like, I don't know, anybody who's failed spectacularly in the NLCS for them so far. So go ahead and do it. You can troll them. It's not just about comforting them. It's about trolling them. Because that's what we're all here about on the Foreign Affair Podcast. It's trolling. It's pretty much what we've been doing for five years now. It's true. It's damn true. He said it. So, again, if you want to get in on that, visit Alicia's Pillows and Things on Facebook. Uh, Check out all her great products. She also has a lot of great pillow covers, slip covers for Ottomans, the whole shebang. Go check out all her goods at Alicia's Pillows and Things on Facebook. And check out NGSC Sports for some great deals on that. But enough about that as as the uh, Cardinals and Nationals advance to the ninth inning with the Nationals up three runs can't i can't imagine this going poorly for the nationals with their their history um real quick though Wes, that ever happens to those guys exactly and i was gonna and, ask and by the way real quick oh, i mentioned it back the full effect for this entire season of washington nationals baseball i was i was just gonna think about it is this the most sneakily crouched upon version of viewing theory we've ever had that the Nationals could make the World Series literally the year they, they let Bryce Harper go to Philadelphia? I mean, this is pretty big. So, I mean, I guess usually you're losing a guy during the season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is, like, extended because, I mean, you know, this is Bryce Harper who's supposed to be the future of baseball. You know, you can't let Bryce go. You can't let Bryce go. Not only do they let him go, they let him go and he signs with a division rival. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a great year. They don't make the playoffs. And now he's at home team and they are three outs away from going to the World Series, a place that he never even really got up close to when he was supposed to be the best player in the game. Yeah. As I, as I believe never won a playoff series with the Nationals. <laughs> no. So no, they they never I don't think they've ever won a series until this year. So there you go, friends. There you there you go. That's 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 pretty big Ewing theory right there. So mm-hmm. hey, three three outs to go for for the Nationals to make that a reality. But now we turn our attention back to football, and as I mentioned, Euro qualifying did occur this past uh, week or so during the international break, uh, and. Right off the top, Wes, you are a resident England fan. And since it's in alphabetical order with Group A, we got to talk about England. 
Uh, I mentioned it teasingly in the opening. Uh, England England had their reality check. Uh, thanks to their their trip to Prague on October 11th, where they lost 2-1 to one to the Czech Republic uh, after an early Harry Kane penalty. Uh, two Czech Republic goals, one just a few minutes later, and then one a few minutes from the end would spell doom for England in this one. Only their first loss of uh, this qualifier. They're still three points ahead after their their further win this week over Bulgaria. They're three points ahead of the Czech Republic with two matches to play. Um, and those two matches are against Montenegro and at Kosovo. You would like to think both of those are wins. And as such, England will top the group. Doesn't matter as long as they finish at least second. They're going through anyway. Um so Wes, after after this match against the Czech Republic, and then coming back with a six nil victory on the road in Bulgaria, which we'll get to some of the extracurriculars later about it. Um, what do, what do you make of this England team going forward that they can show a, a somewhat lackluster performance against the Czech Republic, the easily the second best team in this group, and then co- rebound and dominate <clears throat> Bulgaria like they did. Well, you made the point of saying this was England's first loss in this qualifying group. Mm-hmm. That is England's first Euro qualifier loss in over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think about it. I mean, that is, that's basically two and a half qualifying mm-hmm. campaigns sure. without a loss. Um, to do it in Prague to the Czech Republic, truly there's no shame in that. The only shame kind of comes from the fact that, I mean, you are England, you should be better than the Czech Republic mm-hmm. anywhere you play them. Um, it's not really that big of a an excuse mm-hmm. to be made. But, you know, they do bounce back against Bulgaria. I mean, here's, here's the nickel take on England. England can score with anyone in the world. They've got a great front line. They've got depth on their front line. They're, they're good there. Midfield, eh, they can be in the midfield, but sometimes they can be hit. Defensively, this team is shambles. Mm. Do you know who England remind me of? To a lesser extent, they are a version of 2013-2014 Liverpool. A team we've talked about recently. A team that could absolutely blow your doors off scoring, but when it came time to get into a big match... Uh, with a really good opponent, if it came down to your defense and your midfield having to control things for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, nah, shit won't go happen, boss. Shit won't go happen. Um, and actually, the Liverpool was pretty good that year against some big clubs, but you know, it, it's just that those are it, it is a striking mm. similarity when it comes to where the strength lies. Um, England are going to go as far as Sterling, Sancho, and Kane can carry them. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately for England, I mean, that's good enough for I'm sure. But at the same time, they did show they are vulnerable to getting picked off. And, you know, right now, uh, Gareth Southgate has made the comment that he is he's getting a lot of young guys experience right now for the euros mm-hmm. so maybe he's not he's not putting out his best 11 every match sure um 
But the thing is, I think he's playing a dangerous game there because I think this is the point you are locking down that best mm-hmm. and getting them some, uh, ooh, excuse me, uh, getting them some chemistry and have those things working together. And instead, Gareth Southgate's out here, you know, experimenting. Mm-hmm. What the hell, man? Why aren't you experimenting by putting freaking Trent Alexander-Arnold out there? <laughs> I did. I'm I did think about I'm that sorry. too. Yeah. Some, I'm sorry. Somebody has a Champions League belt, set a fucking Premier League record for assists from a defender. But no, let's play Danny fucking Rose. He's been great this year, hasn't? <laughs> Why does it seem like a lot of England's top guys are in a poor run of form or just in a poor team right now? Because there's only one really, really strong team in form right now in England. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, we're not going to play Trent. <laughs> you know, fucking Joe Gomez. No, we're not going to do that. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. But uh, that, that's kind of the deal with England. That is, chill. they can score. Um, they have not found anywhere near the proper balance at the back. And I'm going to tell you this. I, I, don't, I don't know if Jordan Pickford should be the damn England goalkeeper at this point. Really? I mean, shit, look at Jordan Pickford. Uh, Jordan Pickford can make some really outstanding saves that mask his in, his inadequacies. I mean, once again, you go back to guys not being in for- Yeah, he's one of the best players on a team who's in the relegation battle right now. Hmm. I mean, he certainly has not had a great season. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Nick Pope bandwagon myself. I think Nick Pope from Burnley should be the England Okay. That's me. Just a, a, a mini hot take. I call it a one. Ah, ah, ah. Yep. I mean, Nick Pope but, has uh, done well for Burnley, uh, Burnley this year, so not not a bad yeah, suggestion. I mean, Nick, Nick Pope's having a great year, and Burnley's having a good season. You know, <clears throat> I just, uh, I don't know. I, I've never been overly sold on. Um, I've just never been overly sold on Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> the Washington Nationals Ooh. are going to the World Series. Yeah. Curly W in the book. Oh, boy. I'm really surprised they sweat the Cardinals. I'm yeah. surprised they're in this in this round at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that they. I actually watched the end of their, their game five against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who it was, but one guy for the Dodgers was like literally about half an inch on his bat from ending it in the bottom of the ninth on a home run. Mm-hmm. I, but anyway, hey, Nettinals <laughs> took advantage of it. Good for them. Oh my God, the ghost of Kurt Suzuki. Holy shit. Oh my God, Kurt Suzuki. Oh no. Oh man. That's that's amazing. Um, all right, so we, we'll talk a little bit now. Uh, again, so for Group A, England still on top with two matches to play, uh, three points ahead of the Czech Republic. Czech Republic uh, are one point ahead of Kosovo in third place. Montenegro and Bulgaria, they're 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 at the bottom. Uh, Group B, Ukraine is, I don't know, maybe a surprise team to top this group. West, nineteen points. They've qualified for Euros, uh, and maybe the somewhat surprising part: Portugal is right now in second. And is only one point up on Serbia. Portugal is also eight points back 
of the Ukraine. And this, uh, this comes after their loss to the Ukraine this week, uh, 2-1. Ronaldo has a late penalty there, but it wasn't enough to pull it all the way back. Now, Portugal do have just Lithuania and Luxembourg left on their schedule, so it looks like they shouldn't have much problem getting in. But I, I do wonder at this point, yes, there is a World Cup just three years away, and Euros are next year. But is this maybe sort of one of the last hurrahs where we could see Ronaldo on the international stage? You know, I can see Ronaldo holding out until... Um, yeah, I, I can see Ronaldo holding the next World Cup. Mm-hmm. But I think at this stage of what we're seeing of Ronaldo... Yeah, I think this is kind of the last hurrah. Okay. So he's thirty three years old. Yeah. He's certainly not getting any younger. He is up to seven hundred fucking career goals now. Yeah, that's insane. Seven hundred on the week. That, that's crazy. Um I mean they they'll they should qualify out of this group still, but uh, I think we're kind of seeing the end of an era for Portugal. And uh, luckily for Portugal, you know, they have some really nice pieces to kind of start into that next era. But if they don't want to have a precipitous drop coming soon, they're going to have to figure out how to navigate the waters. Yeah, it's it's going to be a bit of an adjustment. Again, these are the defending Euro champions, I believe. Or did I just fuck that up horribly? No, that's right. That's okay. okay. They are the defending All right. It's it's just been a while. It just it just seems like it's I mean, it's, it's still such a bizarre one because yeah. at all. all they, they were so good at getting a nil-nil Winning ability. That's true. It's very, it's very good. Kind of their MO for the European Championships 2016. So. Exactly how you want to win a major tournament. Um, Group C, uh, Netherlands. Uh, this was, of course, a team who missed the last Ouch. World Cup, was in a bit of turmoil. They are currently atop the group on head to head goal difference versus Germany. Both are currently sitting at 15 points, three ahead each of uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, and and West, the, that's I think the big storyline out of this group, uh, Group C. The Netherlands at the beginning of qualifying, they played a very tight match with Germany out of the gate, three two, a loss at home. But hey, that's again Germany's still very good at that point. Um, and now Netherlands have just sort of been taking care of business. Uh, Gigi Wijnaldum with a brace in their win this week against Belarus. Uh, Memphis Depay with a brace against Northern Ireland. Remember him, everybody? Memphis Depay, yeah, that's 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 a guy. Um, so yeah, uh, Netherlands really just sort of putting it all together. Of course, back in September had the big four-two win in Germany. So Wes, this is this seems to be sort of, and, and again, they still do have to completely qualify, but things are looking good for them right now. And and is this? the official return of the freaky deaky Dutch to, to a prominent place on the international stage. Ah, the Dutch. Um, I mean, let's take a look. Uh, perhaps the best center back pairing in world. When you look at uh, Van Dyke and um, uh, Delic, mm-hmm. they are fantastic together. Um you know, Memphis Depay, who, for whatever you may think of him, from 
Premier League stint at Manchester United. You know, when when there are a couple guys on this team, he's just one of them. When they pull on that shirt, it's like things just go well for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at guys like Depay and Ryan Babel, who, who the hell is Ryan Babel to be on this group and to be playing well? But with the Dutch, the Dutch don't ask their front line to be the big scorers. Mm-hmm. This is not the Dutch of uh, Van Nistelrooy or Van Basten or even Van Persie, you know, where it's the central striker who's carrying you with all the goals. No, they're getting goals. Genie Van Alden is like a goal scoring machine <laughs> for the. Um, and, you know, people, oh, why are you doing it? Liverpool? He's asked to do a completely different job by your. <laughs> He's asked by Ronald Cuban. Um, it's just it's just different. But you know what? Vinaldum was brought in. You know when he came from Newcastle, he was a goal scoring attacking midfielder. Uh, Jurgen Klopp has just adjusted him into a into more of a central midfielder. But when he goes and plays for the Dutch, he goes forward. He scores. You've got Luke De Jong. You've got this fantastic young generation that's coming through Ajax and uh, PSV at this point. And the Dutch are absolutely on their way, um, I think, toward becoming one of the major power in in world football. Uh, And it's scary because they're at a point where they should only be getting – and I mean that is that is a scary proposition for the rest of Europe. Uh, maybe you know the sleeping giant has awoken. That's big and the orange, and they have a smoke and a pancake. <laughs> no longer, no longer are they are they relying on a dodgy flapper of Arjen Robin. This is a a That's new right. crop of people that have come to play for the Dutch. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, they got the best of Germany when they went to Germany about a month ago. Uh, and this this team is looking really really good coming out. Maybe maybe dare we say a dark horse for Euro twenty twenty. Yeah, they're crazy. well the way they're looking um, in the in the next round of matches in November. Uh, they played Northern Ireland on the first match day. If they can beat Northern Ireland, they're through. There you go. So, so hey, big yeah. big match for Northern Ireland coming up because they will need that to stay afloat oh, in this group. You, know, you, you kind of feel bad for Northern Ireland. Yeah. Man, what a great story. They, they, you know, got to the last 16 of Euro 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronald Koeman kind of took some flack this week for throwing some shade toward Northern Ireland well, about the way that they play. But, I mean, you look at Northern Ireland, they got mm-hmm. – I mean, they don't have any big, you know, big-time Premier League players, La Liga players. You know, for Ronald Koeman to say that, I think is very arrogant. Yeah. Because, you know, look at your roster. Yeah, you can play open, expansive football when you have, you know, Van Dyke and uh, DeLick, and you've got, you know, a Vinaldum and a, a Luke De Jong in the middle. I mean, you've got, you've got all this prowess. You've got infinitely more talent than Northern Ireland do. But Northern Ireland, Michael O'Neill, that group, he is, he is playing a form of football that he may not really want to play mm-hmm. but he knows that's how that squad have to play to have and the fact that they've put it in and they've done so well with it over the past few years you know where does ronald Koeman get off talking shit about northern ireland at this point yeah and like you just look at the the roster of northern ireland right now uh one two three 
four players, I believe, currently on a Premier League club on this roster. Uh, now you do have a couple uh, from some League One team or some Championship teams like Middlesbrough, like uh, like uh, uh, I don't know Leeds. Leeds is in Championship. They're they're in the Championship, um, and then you have some from like Rangers and and Aberdeen over in Scotland, um, and then you look like Johnny Evans is from Leicester. He's right. 31. Craig Cathcart from Watford, 30. Their captain, Stephen Davis from Rangers, 34. This is also a older team mm-hmm. that is that is relying on these veterans. So, yeah, right. this is this is just they're, something they're, they have to do. They're a group that's taking their chance right now. And yeah. this is probably going to be it for that group. So. so, hopefully, again, with the way third place weirdly works, maybe they'll get a chance to sneak into the tournament through that because uh this this was a bit of a group of death for them love to see northern ireland sneak through that'd be great absolutely we'll see if that can they can do that um group d uh i this is an interesting group ireland and denmark currently topping this group switzerland one point behind both of those and hey hey george bulldogs football they uh they got they got a chance <laughs> go bulldogs oh man uh tough after after, after this pass yeah, tough, tough game against the mighty jib of Gibraltar after that 3-2 victory. Um, but, you know, Wes, going towards Switzerland a little bit, Switzerland is a team that, that does have some of those recognizable names, like a Grand Shaka, the red card waiting to happen, and mm-hmm. Zerdin Shakiri. Um, and so for them to be b- both behind right now, as, as of right now, uh, Ireland and Denmark. Now, luckily for Switzerland, Ireland and Denmark play each other the last match day of the sea, uh, this qualifying campaign. So there's definitely a chance for them to, to overtake them um, as well as having uh, a match in hand over Ireland. Uh, so de- definitely chances for them to jump back in. But um, is, is there any chance that maybe we talked, we talk about windows we talked about Portugal, Switzerland has been somewhat prominent on the world stage. The last couple of international competitions, I believe it was the last World Cup or the one before that. They were actually a top eight team in the world and were a, a pool one seed. So is is this maybe the last chance for Switzerland um, to also with, with some of these guys to make a run here? Yeah, they are an older group as well. And for Switzerland, a little something going against them. Uh, Jordan Shakiri, I uh, don't believe has, he did, he's not playing in this group of matches. Don't believe. I know he didn't play in the last group of matches for Switzerland. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he is a talismanic figure for them, and he's been missing for a chunk of this qualifying, at least here in the last six months. Um, so that's one they've been missing. Uh, who, as we've seen in the past, makes a big difference for Switzerland. So that's just something to keep in mind. Okay. Uh, as we as we talk about Group E now. Uh, very interesting group uh, where each of the top four teams have two points between them. Croatia is at 14, Hungary is at 12, Slovakia is at 10, and Wales are at 8, which means none of those four teams with uh, with a couple matches left to play have actually been eliminated. Uh, so, as, uh Croatia, you know, this was the team that made it to the World Cup final uh, just, just a short time ago. Uh, but they they still have a little bit of work to do. They have one more match against Slovakia uh, coming up here, and they need to win that to make sure that they uh, they can qualify because they they could be passed 
if they uh, if they don't end up winning that game. That's true, and for Croatia, I'm straight touches them mm-hmm. but man they just oh they have been in such a funk since the world mm-hmm. cup that um they they are finding themselves in a tough spot right now and they were they were on the verge of qualifying over the weekend before gareth bale uh equalized late um well not really late but uh well late in the first half mm-hmm. uh equalized and um wales kept their hopes of going through alive getting that one one draw but for Croatia, that's really to me. That's really what it's been is it's just been this hangover, and they haven't they haven't come anywhere near the heights they were reaching in that World Cup campaign. Absolutely, and and you mentioned the Gareth Bale goal from this past week. Uh, we also can look to last month when they were in the wonderful city of Baku, uh, which of course the the last year's Europa League Championship uh, final location, amazing place in Azerbaijan. Um, but there, Croatia went to go play Azerbaijan, got an early Luka Modric penalty, and then gave up a goal in the 72nd minute to come out of there with a point. So so there's multiple chances they could have had to break away from the pack here and haven't been able to do it. Um, hey, here's another tough group, though. Uh, group F, Spain is through with 20 points. Sweden behind them with 15 uh, and then it's Romania on 14 and Norway at 11. Norway, another one of those teams that I think kind of surprised a little bit at, at the last Euros. Uh, but hey, Sweden playing Spain very tough this past week, leading 1-0 for the final 40 minutes until Rodrigo for Spain came up with a goal in the 92nd minute to steal a point in Sweden. And and Wes, we, we've been talking a little bit about the Spanish rebuilding process, it looks like it's starting to come to fruition. But maybe, just maybe, with the spirit of Zlatan in their hearts, Sweden could also maybe make a little bit of a run in this thing. After the unveiling of the uh, statue of Zlatan. Oh, yes. Oh. Uh, which we somehow, somehow skipped over last week. <laughs> and also forgot to wish Zlatan a very happy birthday. Happy birthday, Zlatan. Um... You know, it's uh, it's been interesting. Spain, Spain are the story of the group as usual, as you would expect them to be. And a very damp squib this past this past week as they draw both their matches. They're comfortably up. They're they're going to go through, mm-hmm. no doubt in that. But right now, this is crazy to say. I don't see Spain as any sort of a threat to win the Euros. Really. I don't think Spain are very good. Okay. Um, they can pass the ball all day. Always been able to play their little brand of pass the ball around football. Spain has like no cutting edge, no bite. Okay. Um, you know, nobody who's going to take that match by the scruff of the neck and just pull them over the line. Somebody like an Iniesta mm-hmm. or like a Xavi back in the great Spanish days. Um you know, no one, I just, I don't think you have anyone like, uh, as much as I hate to say it, like a Sergio Ramos mm-hmm. was in his pomp or a, or really a, a Carlos Puel or, um, or even carrying the armband as good as David De Gea is. Iker Casillas as the Spanish captain was, 
he was on like another level. Absolutely. Especially during that 2010 World Cup run. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just, I don't think De Gea's ever hit those heights. De Gea may be actually deeper than, um, than Iker ever was. But Iker Casillas pull on that Spain jersey. Mm-hmm. It's like you could just tell that, you know, he went full Brendan Rodgers. I would die for De- <laughs> You know, he, he just, he went full broads and he cared and it was everything. Uh, then De Gea picking up over this qualifying period. Um, I just, I, I don't see Spain as a real threat to Euros unless something big changes for them. All right. Well, then I'm curious then. I, I wonder if you maybe think the same thing about the team that has already qualified through Group G, and that is Poland. Poland is a team, of course, you've been hearing. Um, a lot about the last few international tournaments, obviously, with a, a great player like Robert Lewandowski on the team. Very easy to talk about them uh, from that standpoint. 19 points in the group right now. They lead Austria, a team that last year of qualifying went perfect in qualification and then masterfully flamed out of the tournament. Um, they are now back in second place. They have 16 points. They are very, very likely to qualify as the next... Three teams below them are all at 11 points, so Austria just need one point to really guarantee qualification going forward. Um, but West, we heard just how you heard felt about Spain, not really high about them. Do you maybe feel the same way about Poland, or, or are you feeling maybe a little better about them? I mean, it's not even that. It's just when you look at Spain, you have an expectation just based on the jersey. Mm-hmm. You have an expectation that Spain are going to be one of the absolute best teams in the world and be a threat to win every tournament they enter. You don't get that on Poland. Poland are having a really, really nice qualification campaign. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know what this has changed where suddenly everybody's going to see Poland as any sort of a uh, of a contender mm-hmm. for this title. So, um, and, you know, it's it, it's nice seeing Poland do what they do. Poland really put something together when once they get into the tournament proper, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm not, I'm not losing. If I'm, a, if I'm one of the big teams around Europe, I'm not losing any over Poland and they're a good start. Well, uh, teams that, uh, has been made a, a lot of sleep to be left. Don't worry about that. France. Yeah. What the hell? France right now, actually second in group H to Turkey. One of the shockers, of qualification so far. Now, t- France still do look likely to go through. Uh, their final matches are against Moldova and at Albania. So still very good chance for them to get through. Um, but Turkey right now, the shock team leading this thing, they got a draw in France this past uh, qualification week. Coming back from a goal down, uh, Olivier Giroud, his goal was not enough for France to get all three points. Um, so big, big job there for Turkey. Also in their other match, uh, Sank to Sun getting a big goal in the 90th minute at home against Albania to keep Turkey atop the group. Um, but maybe, Wes, as big of a surprise maybe it is that France is not leading this group after being the World Cup winners from just a short time ago. Iceland, one of those those very big feel-good stories uh, from uh, the last Euros. They knocked out England in the knockout stages uh, to start with. They're currently four points back with two matches to play. Don't look super likely as of right now to go through. 
And uh, as, as fun as it was to see Iceland at the last Euro main stage, it would be a little bit of a shame for them to miss out on a, on a return chance there. Absolutely. Um, you know, for, uh, for squad got that taste of glory the last time. It has been somewhat of a tough pill to swallow. But, you know, for Iceland especially, we talk about golden generations and chances of things happening. Theirs is a very small window. This is a really special group they've had come through. It's been a group that no superstars, but every one of them pulls the same on the rope (laughs) is one of the analogies. Um, And it would be a shame to see them flame out and lose it here. But, you know, France is expected. Turkey has been somewhat surprising, though, Mm -hmm. uh, as they actually do lead the group based on the, um, as you said, head-to-head with France at this point. And it it is just, it's somewhat of a fascinating group going home uh, to see if maybe Turkey are the ones who don't blink and let Iceland slide in. So now we turn our attention to Group I, where Belgium. Belgium currently sit atop this group. They are a perfect 24 of 24 so far in qualification. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've basically had to be to keep pace with Russia. Both yeah. those two teams will be advancing Russia. Their only loss so far is to Belgium. And those two teams still have one more match to play in this coming cycle. But Wes, uh, Russia is actually the only team so far to score against Belgium in this qualification cycle. 30 goals and eight matches for Belgium. The one goal against for a plus 29 goal differential. Absurd levels of play here. And and this is, you know, we've said the term dark horses a few times in this podcast so far. Belgium have been that quote-unquote dark horse a couple times. This feels like their best and potentially, you just talked about a golden generation, maybe sort of their last one to be like, nope, all our chips in the middle this is the tournament we need to win because Belgium for all we've been talking about them and all the great talent they have on this side for, for so long now, since we've started this podcast back in the 2014 world cup, it's finally time for Belgium to come good and win something. Right. I mean, it seems it's got to be, you know, since Belgium are now listed amongst the favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you get when you've had good ch- showing when you've got really good players and when expectations start to come up. And for the Belgians, you know, Roberto Martinez is going to play for his job at this upcoming Euro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a good job of getting them through the qualifying at this point. Um, you know, you can't fault him there. Uh, you know, Roberto Martinez is one of those managers that just gets a lot of vitriol. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you can't fault him for anything up to this point. It's just, it's going to be up to them to finish strong and go to Euros and just not lose their head. It's It's been a very interesting ride for Belgium, and we'll see if it can finally produce a title here uh, this coming up World uh, Euro, uh, Euro Championship next year. Uh, and then finally, Group J, Italy finish out uh, with two matches to go. They're locking in for qualification 24 points they're also perfect uh they've also given up just three goals they gave up one to bosnia and Herzegovina. they've given up one to finland and one to armenia finland right now the second team in this group and uh west the last time it seems like italy was incredibly good 
was back when they won it all in the 20, 2006 World Cup. And now it seems like we've had some false starts over the years. Italy hasn't really been able to put it all together really for a while now. And, you know, not the strongest of groups. Again, Finland is second. And then there's Armenia, B&H, Greece, and Liechtenstein uh, rounding out the group here. But is this, you know, you've, you've been down on Italy. You've been down on a couple other teams. Are, are we lifting up Italy? Is this the return of the Pirlo boys to the international stage? I don't believe they've got that depth of talent that okay. they had um, when they were when basically Italy ruled the world, and if they didn't, they were right up somebody's right hand, it seemed like. I don't think they've got that talent base. What they do have, though, they've got a good players who are all pulling in the same direction, which for Italy is kind of a big deal mm-hmm. because apparently Italians don't play nice with each other. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, overall right now for Italy, they're doing it, and I think the best thing for them is they're doing a radar. They're not going to go. They can go undefeated in this qualifying. They're not going to go in as a you know as a favorite mm-hmm. into this tournament, which is going to be kind of unattacked. But that may help to really help stir them. Absolutely. So we will see if they are able to make a deep run when Euros kick off next summer. Um, but again, still one more week of internationals to play. Uh, that will be November 16th, 17th, 18th, 14th, 15th. Although that that whole week around there when we next have international break. What are you clapping for, West Bradshaw? I'm clapping because we get another international. Hey, there you go. Next month. Uh, same time, same place. Um, and then next year, sometime in March, uh, the the playoffs, which will happen somehow, Scotland, Georgia, and Belarus are already there, so we'll we'll see how that works. Still, still not completely sure, but you know, it is mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. what it is. Um, they'll figure it out. Don't worry, they'll figure it out. Wes, if if I had to let you guess, I'm I'm not even going to have you guess the player. Do you know what team the current goal scoring leader of Euro qualifying is? Negative ghost right? Israel. Aaron Jahavi with 11 goals is currently leading the field. Artem Ziaba, um, I believe he's played in the Premier League before um, out of Russia. He has nine goals. And then Harry Kane and Raza uh, both have eight. So so that is that is where things are looking. Hey, Timu Puki. A guy we've been talking about a little bit this Premier League season. He's got seven. So, okay. hey, he's 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 the he's the great hope for Finland. Finland, maybe. Hey, Finland second in Group J. Maybe they pull through. Maybe we get some Pookie next year in, in Euro twenty twenty two. I would love Pookie, that. baby, Pookie. Uh, so yeah, that's your Euro qualifier update. Uh, again, uh, the United States lost tonight to Canada two 0 in Canada. Because uh, apparently CONCACAF also has a Nations League, kind of like uh, Europe does now. Um, and so I believe that means that the United States will not be going on to whatever tournament they go to from there. Uh, because they're currently in second place and they're six points behind Canada. So, yeah. Un- unlu- unlucky, I guess. Un- unlucky. 
Man. Unlucky. It's kind of weird how like hard we jumped off that whole bandwagon, but that's fine. It's it's fine. I don't mind. I really don't mind. Don't, nobody go back and listen to early podcasts of this of of this show. Don't 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 do that. It, it's it's fine. Um, so let's hit the news and notes. Um, as we always like to do, we like to highlight the athletic. Wes talked about Tostitos earlier oh, in this podcast gosh. and wanting Tostitos to be a sponsor. We would also love the athletic to be a sponsor. So seriously, right. if anybody who works with the athletic, even tangentially, listens to this podcast, please, we really want to push your merch even harder. We love you guys. Let us do it. We just, we just want to. You guys are so good. Um, so we like to highlight an article every week. This week, uh, go check us out from Simon Hughes, uh, an article about how uh, prison inmates are trying to be reformed into football referees. It's a great story. Uh, Anthony Taylor figures prominently in it, which is about the only time you want Anthony Taylor figuring prominently in something. <laughs> so. Gotcha again, Anthony Taylor. So go check that out. It is, again, a very well-written story, as is 99.9% of things on The Athletic. It's magnifique. Um, So let's talk about this article, though, from the BBC. And it feels somewhat funny in retrospect. Not funny, haha, just the other kind of funny. Um, And this was actually written ahead of England's match against Bulgaria. So I'm just going to throw out this headline. Again, this is from the BBC Sport. Uh, headline Euro 2020 qualifying colon Bulgaria coach believes England has bigger racism problem. Hmm. So I just, I just want to, I just want to throw that down there because there was actually, so the lead up was that there was as, as the England players have already been um, verbally abused at some of the matches they've played in Euro qualifying for, you know, their color of their skin. And uh, there was a bit of, concern with the way belarus is that hey maybe something like that could happen again and some players kind of talked about that and so uh gareth southgate's uh met with his players to underline the uefa protocol and how to deal with those incidents um but apparently news of this got to uh the president of the bulgarian football union borislav mikhailov and he wrote a letter of complaint to UEFA about, quote, unjust branding, which is about the weirdest way I've ever heard this described, but that's fine. Um, and he said in the letter, uh, in the Bulgarian championship, we have a lot of players of different ethnicities and skin color. I don't know why I'm doing a Russian accent. I don't think that we have this big problem like, for example, England do. When he was asked to elaborate, Balakov added, what I meant was that in the Bulgarian championship, We've not had such problems while there have been incidents in various levels of English football involving racism, which I consider something normal because it's a big country with a very diverse population. But we don't have this problem in Bulgaria. I can assure you of that. So, of course, during the Bulgaria match with England, racist things were said to some of the players of England. There were Nazi salutes by fans of the Bulgarians. At halftime, what the Bulgarian captain actually went over to a group of supporters and was noted to be in a shouting match with them, seemingly to get them to stop. Um, because apparently the procedure could be that the game could end in a forfeit if it deems to go on for too many times. Play was actually stopped twice because of this. So, first of all, to Mr. Uh, Balakov and Mihalov, shut the fuck up. 
you have a problem. Most of Eastern Europe does. Mm-hmm. Second of all, and and I and I mentioned what Belarus's uh, or sorry Bulgaria's captain did for a, one very big reason. I think what he did to go over and admonish his supporters is it takes a big act of courage to go that mm-hmm. and do that in front of your home fans when they're already riled up, and and to stand up for the other team and for what's right in general. I really appreciate that which makes what I'm about to say feel that much worse. It's time to start kicking teams out of competitions. And and I feel so bad because if the Bulgarian players aren't doing it, I feel bad that they should be made to suffer. But but for too long this has been happening and fines aren't cutting it. Um matches played in front of no fans isn't cutting it. The the next step has to go. We have to go to the next DEFCON level, Wes. And that means teams need to start be getting kicked out of competitions. And maybe, not that people should stop hurling racist abuse to players because, uh, maybe I won't get to watch my team play anymore. But, as we learned in The Good Place this week, if if we can just change your habits, the motivation doesn't matter at first. Maybe we can we can change the motivation later. We want to change the habits first. And if them saying no, you fans, you're the reason you're not your team's not going to get to play international competitions anymore. Then I think that's what they have to start doing. I I think that that's that's the last thing UEFA has and that FIFA has. That's the last I pardon the phrase. That's the last bullet in their chamber. That that's it. And I think it's time to start using it. You know, you would hate it. Absolutely. Totally suck. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, obviously nothing that's being said and being done is stopping anything. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I mean, what's that, that, to me, I agree with you. I mean, that's the repercussion left is... All right, well, you know what? I mean, the fans don't give a shit when the FA gets mm-hmm. fined. Who cares? It, that means nothing to those fans. It's not their money. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing, the only thing that's going to change it, well, the only thing that might change it is, all right, well, you don't have a team anymore to play. Yeah. What do you think about that? And... Maybe, maybe, maybe that would finally get through to somebody. But to me, I think it's, I think the time for warning and, you know, giving fines and the mediocre stuff, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that time is over. I think it's time to, uh, it's time to do something with some teeth. And, you know, much like, SMU back in the eighties got the death penalty. Mm, yes. And that's never been given out again, but then it, it's been such a deterrent to stop a lot of really bad stuff. You know, maybe somebody in, in somebody in Europe, just you're going to have to hit them with the death penalty and tell them, and not only tell them, you know, don't tell them you're not allowed to qualify for Euros. Now. No. You're not even going to play in qualifying for the world. Mm-hmm. Suck on that. 
and know that you did this. You, the fans, did this, and you did this to your players. It sucks for the players, but that might be the only way to get the fans to come around. I, I, I think so. Like, I think that's when teams will, or, or when fans will finally wake up maybe a little bit, when, when they have to live with the fact that their actions got the team they're supporting kicked out of a major competition. Because, you know, we, we saw it, I think it was, I think it was Italy that burned the swastika in the grass in one of the places. And if I'm getting that wrong, I apologize. Maybe it just happened in an Italy match. Um but then they had to play in a in a match with no fans. I was thinking about Serbia for some reason. It might have been Serbia. Uh, it, that probably is is what it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check right now. Uh, burned in Swast. This is a really weird thing to search. Um, Did you say you paused? Uh, no, no, I didn't pause. I'm just oh. I'm just uh, Swastika mode. Croatia, Italy. So it was. <laughs> It was Croatia, Italy. I, I knew Italy was involved. I was right there. Um, but yeah, so it and I was, knew it was one of our Balkan countries involved too. So. Yes. Um, so there you go. That's that's what it was. So now so now here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're a fan of Croatia. Let's say you do that in two thousand do you do that in two thousand sixteen? With now granted that was in two thousand fifteen, but do you do that in two thousand sixteen or two thousand seventeen in the lead up to your team's run to the World Cup? And get them expelled, and now you're not even playing in the final, of the World Cup. Can you do that to your to guys like Luka Modric? And and I just think that at some point, you know, we we've talked a lot about granted in the realms of FIFA fair of financial fair play, how at some point UEFA has to step in and really do something, or it just doesn't matter. I, I think the I think UEFA and FIFA are at the point where. You have to just start kicking teams out. You have to make someone an example. Like you said with SMU and the death penalty here in the States. Mm-hmm. And you just have to say, look, you keep doing this. This is what happens. You don't get to play anymore. There, it's, not, it's not they get to keep playing and you just don't get to watch in the stands and you can still watch at home or something. No, no, no. No more matches. None. And I think if that doesn't do it, well, I mean, it, it has to do it because they literally won't have any matches to do it at anymore. But... I think that would actually start to be a deterrent. I hope that's what we move to. I hope we don't need to do it. That's what I really hope. I hope that we just don't need to do this because people stop fucking doing this. But I don't think that's going to happen. So You think about it, you basically put your entire country on hiatus for like four years. Yeah. Or for a, or for a not four, we'll say for a two-year cycle. No, I'd say four. I'd say four. Just... No, no, it's it's got to be big. I think I think it actually has to be big. We're if we're talking death penalty, I think it has to be four years. So, well, that would put an entire World Cup cycle. That would basically take you. Out. Yep. Yep. Or you could start it off with one World Cup cycle mm-hmm. and see if anyone is still foolish enough to go after it then. Yeah, and and don't don't do this. Don't, don't, and to FIFA, don't just do this willy-nilly. Like, like, don't randomly just say, oh, well, you did it, so this is what we're doing now. No, I want you to come out and say to not, tomorrow, from now on, if you do this, this is the penalty. And then see if people still do it. I don't want you to <laughs> randomly just say, like, oh, well, you did it, so 
no more matches for four years. Uh, I want you to come out and say, no, this is the penalty. We're taking this seriously. If you do this, these are the consequences. That's what I want. And then if somebody is genuinely still stupid and racist enough to do it, then their team gets what they deserve. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And maybe, hey, maybe maybe it won't change their opinion or the that person, but maybe people in the stands around them will, will police them a little bit more and be like, hey, buddy, shut the fuck up. I, I I don't want my team to get kicked out of out of uh, Euro qualifying and World Cup qualifying. Shut the fuck up. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Your 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 move, UEFA. Your move. So uh, we're trying to help you guys out. We're we're trying to fix your messes. These ideas are free. They're so free. I mean, we will take a <sighs> take some money for them. But you know. We I I would take like tickets to Euro twenty twenty. Just I mean, we need uh, airfare and shit, too. But, you know, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, I'm talking about the entire package. Pa- package deal here. Hotels, well, flights, food, whatever. Uh, apartments for our cats. <laughs> Mittens needs his own apartment. Damn straight. Um, Mittens is a she, but that's fine. Um, so How dare you assume his gender? I Assume it's gender. I'm not assuming. It's just a, it's a biological fact. But yeah, how do you know what Mittens is thinking? Um, well, from one name producer's Jackie, uh, her description of uh, when they, they lived in a house in Pennsylvania with uh, one of her roommate's boy cats. Um, I am I'm well aware, apparently, of uh, exactly what gender our cat is. So. Ooh, Mittens. It'll <laughs> scamp you. Mittens was a bit of a skanky bitch at one point. That 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 phase of her life is over. So, that's that's why that's why one name producer Jackie had her snip snip from a very early age. We love you, mittens. Yeah, we do love you, mittens. We love you so much. Um, all right, last story here in the news. Cats in there going, who the hell is mittens? <laughs> why do you keep calling me that? Uh, at least they get name dropped. Um, last article here. Um, so we got to get our U.S. women's soccer story in. Um, Jill Ellis has retired. She has sailed off into the sunset from coaching the U S women's national team. Her successor has been named. It is Vlatko Andonovsky. So apparently big Russian man is now, is now leading the U S women's soccer club. Um, he was the former manager of the, uh, rain FC up in Seattle, a very good soccer program. We, we joke, but very, very good coach, uh, and he is uh, going to come on board here and take over. Of course, he also uh, all Putin's plan. Oh man, does Joe Biden have anything to do with this? That's that's the Ukraine, not Russia. Are they all the same thing? Come on! Oh God, no. Well, if Russia, if if Putin had his way, they would be, I guess. There you go. And I stand with Putin. Mostly because I like Sam Putin. <laughs> this is like that time we started talking about Rick Fox. Um, so there you go. Murder sticks. Those were two different... Those were, that's the amazing thing. Those were two different shows. Well, or games. Yeah. Literally within a 24-hour period. <laughs> I was on a complete roll oh, that day. Oh, man. 
to be fair, I reacted a lot better about Murder Sticks than I did to Rick Fox getting raped. So That's because when I spoke of Rick Fox, you literally refused to speak for the rest of the show. I did. There was like five minutes left in the game, and I was like, nope. I can't no. believe you just said the word raped on air. That may have been, that may have literally been the truly heinously furious with me. Yeah, that's literally the only time when I've just been like, I really don't want to talk to you anymore. For the rest of the night, I just, I really don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, like Wes yeah, is, I really don't like you at the moment. Wes has said a lot of dumb shit. In case you haven't figured out from the, the past 283 episodes of this podcast, Wes says a lot of dumb shit. It's my gimmick. And it usually just rolls right off of me. And it's not even like it's that bad to talk. Because again, in context, this was Rick Fox getting raped on a television program called Oz. So it's not even that bad. It's just you can't say that in the middle of a football game on public access television. Especially our public access television. Yes, exactly. Which is the most right-wing access television maybe you'll ever find. Just like, oh, God. So... Yeah, that was that was a fun time when I had to go to Lee and I'm like, okay, at this very moment of the broadcast, for this minute, kill the audio. For an entire minute. If somebody complains, just say we had a problem with the soundboard. I don't care. Do not play audio for this entire minute. And it didn't. And it didn't go out over the air. So that's great. All's well that ends well. There we go. See, how can you stay mad at a face like uh, this? Not for Rick Fox's butthole, but, you know, for a fair uh, Or oh. shower scenes, anyway. Oh, man. So that's going to do it. Speaking of Oz, though, that brings us into the Watch 4. Wes, what are you watching in the week that was? Or the week that will be? I heard El Camino was released. El Camino was released, and I've got just over one season Ooh. of Watch uh, El Camino. Oh, I heard people didn't really care for El Camino. I've heard some people didn't really care for El Camino. I've heard I mean, mixed. I've heard some people liked it. Yeah, I've heard mixed reviews on it. Well, I said I haven't seen the end of Breaking Bad yet, so I really can't comment too early on El Camino. Mm. Maybe, hopefully, in the next few weeks, I'll uh, have an El Camino comment. But no, and another movie which is extremely more polarizing. I took in, and that was Joker. <laughs> No, I know I've asked you. I don't think you were planning to see it. No, not really. No. Okay. Okay. Um, I will say it is one of the most intense movies I've ever sat through. I believe that. I heard it was very much like a taxi driver. It it is. That is the closest comparison Mm -hmm. I think you can come with. Taxi driver. Taxi driver, I think, had a little more social speaking to it. Okay. Then this did. I believe um, that. Yeah. I think Taxi Driver was a little... I think it was a little more well put together than this. Mm-hmm. Not a, but that said, not to take it, this was one... This was one of... I will say this is one of the best movies I've gone to in a movie. Um, not, not saying, you know... I mean, it's one of the better movies. I really enjoyed it. I think Joaquin Phoenix, if he does not get an Academy mm-hmm. nomination, then the Academy needs to be shuttered. I've, as, from everything I've read and heard about mm-hmm. it, I've heard almost universal 
praise for Joaquin Phoenix. Whatever whatever misgivings Uh they have about the rest of the movie and the director and what they're trying to say, I've heard Joaquin Phoenix did a very good job in this movie. Oh, man. I mean, you know, if... You know, obviously, after The Dark Knight, that rendition of the Joker is so polarizingly, but I think is so beloved as the way the character was played Mm -hmm. by Heath Ledger. And everyone, of course, you know, it's now legendary how far Heath Ledger dove into the character. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix's, it was a totally different Joker than what we've ever seen. It was totally different from Heath Ledger's Joker, who, and I'm not, I'm not going to throw any spoilers out there, uh, but just talk about, you know, where Jokers of the past, including Heath Ledger, it was like you couldn't explain why they were doing what they did. Kind of like Alfred Pennyworth said, some men just want to watch the world burn. Mm-hmm. That's what he said about the Heath Ledger Joker. This is not that Joker. You can see his descent into it and into what he more or less causes. It's not that he goes out looking to incite a revolution it's more what happens just based on circumstances that happen to him. Uh, I really enjoy going to see it with my, my girlfriend who field. Mm-hmm. She had an absolute field day. She absolutely loved the movie. She had a field day with it. <laughs> um, and it is, it is a stark look at mental illness. Um, also what's interesting is it leaves ending leaves a lot of things your personal interpretation which I like a good movie like that every now Hmm. where at the end you're like you know you and I can watch the exact same movie and completely disagree on the end Mm -hmm. and I enjoy a good movie like that every one that makes you think about it and one that can lead to we'll say friendly arguments about no this is what happened no Hmm. this is how I see it but um, there are some just iconic scenes in this movie, um, just little moments where you can find the Easter eggs. Um, there is a nod to that somewhat infamous scene in The Dark Knight where Ledger is hanging out in the car, you know, driving it through the city, and they make the comment that Gotham is burning. And there is a moment very much like that in this movie as well. Mm. Uh, I would recommend it just know that A, do not take a child anywhere near. I mean, A, they just, they will not be entertained. There's nothing, there's no Batman. There's nothing like that. Now that said, the Wayne family does feature in this film. Yes, they do. They do have a prominent part. <laughs> but um, there is no Batman. There is no fun little scenes in there. There's no like wink to the audience from the from the Joker character anywhere. It is straightforward. It is gritty. It is bloody at times. It is brutal. It is uncomfortable at times. It is cringeworthy at times. But that said, if you could handle the taxi driver, the deer hunter, those kind of movies, it, it this movie has a very late 1970s feel to it Mm. where it's got that really gritty feel. There's no pretty 
you know, oh, you know, look, no, no, it is in your face. It is gritty. And that's the word I keep using is gritty. I absolutely loved it. There is a good chance I'll go see it again in the movie theaters. Uh, when you come out, you feel like you've been in a fight. You feel for this character as as a, a scene. It says, um, you know, as as kids, as, when we were children, we all pulled for the superhero. As adults, we're starting to understand why the villains did what they did, and that's kind of how you come out. Is I mean, they do they find a way to make him somewhat of a sympathetic character, while at the same time you walk out knowing you know this guys. This guy's fucking evil. <laughs> but at the same time, you're like, but, you know, I can kind of see why he was going where he <laughs> You know, it's it's not a Joker-motivated or anarchy. It, it's, 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 much, it's much more to it than that. So what you're saying is, Deadpool, okay for my child. Joker, not so much. At least in dead. Well, I'm not saying child, but that said, I will say this: my kid, my my soon to be 15 year old, likes Deadpool mm-hmm. and has never watched the unedited version of Deadpool. Okay, but will watch the Deadpool like when it comes on FX or something, mm, right? And is highly entertained by Deadpool. There is nothing entertaining. Mm. I'm not going to say Joker is not entertaining because it does its job of entertaining. It holds you for two hours. Mm-hmm. and it, But instead of like taking you on this, you know, enjoy somewhat enjoyable ride, like it takes you on a ride, but it's like, it's like riding in a hearse mm-hmm. as compared to riding a fun roller coaster. And there's going to be a happy ending. It is, um, it is it is a somewhat brutal movie, uh, but it does shine a stark light on mental illness, how mental illness can affect people. Um, there are some, there's definitely some social commentary, which you know I don't always agree with social commentary, but at the same time I'm I'm open to opinions. Um, I'm open to hearing differing opinions from my own, um, but I just I. I mean, just for Joaquin Phoenix's performance in this, um, for what Robert De Niro did, for what Francis Conroy did, um, it is, uh, to me, it is a super, super, super good movie. Um, so I don't think I really have anything for Watch 4 this week. I, I feel like there's something, and I just can't quite put my finger on it. Um, let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think, 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 I'm thinking, you know what, uh, I'll give a quick shout out. Um, this is something that, um, one name producer Jackie and I have been enjoying for, for about a month or so now. Um, on the YouTubes, there, there is a, a man who goes by the name DGR. His name's Dave, lives in Pennsylvania. Um, he plays a lot of video games um, one of the ones he's playing a lot right now is a game called Super Mario Maker 2, which, if you're familiar with the Super Mario series, is a game that lets you create your own 
Mario, Super Mario levels in different styles of the game. Like you create a original Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario Brothers 3 <laughs> style and, and, and Super Mario World from the Super Nintendo, stuff like that. Um, and he plays people's levels on, on, uh, on his stream. And he gets mm-hmm. some submitted, what they call troll levels, which are levels literally just completely designed to troll him over and huh. over and over again. And it's hilarious. Um, and it's, it's funny because it's just, it's just good, wholesome fun. He's just a good, wholesome guy. Uh, he, he doesn't swear. So it's fun. It's kid friendly. Um, and, but I think some of the best moments, um, and we watched one yesterday that he played a level for eight hours because he kept getting trolled so many times and to watch at different points, the life drain out of his body on camera as he's playing the level and something bad happens is just, it's the pinnacle of entertainment really, um, (laughs) to just, just watch as his face slowly morphs into a feeling of despair and hopelessness. Um, so yeah, like the Joker. It, it's just <laughs> like the Joker. So there you go. Uh, DGR, go check him out on YouTube. Uh, literally just search DGR and you'll, you'll find him there. And uh, he has a very good fan base. It's a lot of very good people. So it's a, again, good, wholesome group, good, wholesome guy, but man, is it fun to just watch him completely fall apart? It's it's fun. It's fun, fun, fun. Um, speaking of completely falling apart, um, so no so elite raw this week, right? I hate to tell you guys, it is my, uh, usually we're doing the show with some NXT, some AEW. I can catch up on things going on in the week. Uh, as I was telling Ed, I was out of town mm-hmm. starting on Friday. Uh, I just got back into town this afternoon. Uh, did not watch hardly anything other than maybe fall asleep watching some live PD at like midnight the last few nights. Uh, there was, and a little bit of college football weekend. Um, there was no television watched, and that includes uh, Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown. So, um, sorry guys, sorry. I will say the worst SmackDown. The Georgia damn Bulldogs taking it from the South Carolina Gamecocks. Bulldogs. Go dogs. Bulldogs. So there you go. We'll, we'll Son get, of a B. We'll get you guys something next week, as as the Bulldogs are wont to do. Um, so again, we'll have something for you guys next week uh, as we return mm-hmm. to our normal recording slot on Wednesday evening. Right. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And of course, next week we'll also have uh, Premier League to talk about. Premier League is back this weekend, and it is, of course, Manchester United versus Liverpool this weekend. Big, big, big match. Um, looks like everybody's healthy for Liverpool, and nobody's healthy for United. Um, and, you know, a couple storylines to keep your eye on, because, you know, by the time we pot again next week, who knows, man, you know, Liverpool could, uh, Liverpool Equaling the Premier League record for consecutive victories at 18. Um, if they pull that off and they do it in very convincing style, could Ali still be the manager by this time next week of Manchester United? Uh, he has received the dreaded vote of confidence recently. Even though I will say United's vote of confidence does seem a little more um, 
I would say legit than a lot of times you hear the quote vote of confidence. Um, or could United spring the upset of the season and say knock Liverpool off, uh, knock them off their fucking perch, as Fergie would like to say about them? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. There's there's a lot of big storylines going around this match, as you said. Everybody, it sounds like everybody for United's hurt. So. Yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, of course, that's it. I don't really give a shit if they're hurt or not. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool are just better than United, and they should go and take care of business. Amazing. But we will uh, We will see, I guess. That's the big question is what happens. Okay. And we will see this weekend. Um, so, again, check that out, guys. Uh, that's the big match of the weekend. Um, and we'll be breaking that down next week on the pod as well as anything else that happens between now and then before you out of here of course big shout to ngsc sports as well as alicia's pills and things you can find them on social media as well as us on twitter as a collective we are at afa pod wes you are i'm at west branch 21 i am at edward green you can also find us on facebook instagram and the youtubes the our parent show the all new sports show you can also email us at all new sports show at gmail.com uh, thanks to our podcast providers including podbean.com stitcher spreaker iHeartRadio, the TuneIn radio app google play music and the itunes music store um so again we will be back next week to talk to you all about what the happenings in the premier league as they return from international break but before we get out of here wes anything else you'd like to add uh high school football was back this week from the bye week um game we ended up doing turned out to be Really good for about three quarters. Uh, Fike was leading Southern Nash going into the fourth quarter by a score of 14 to 8. And um, needless to say, it did not end that way. (laughs) Southern scored, I believe, 35 points in the fourth quarter (laughs) to kind of run away with that game. But said a very good football game Friday night uh, for at least a, a good period of it. So that was nice for me to get a good football game for once. Uh, this week, I believe. We're at, we're at Rocky Mount. I believe it's Rocky Mount Hunt this week. Ooh. So uh, Rocky Mount coming off a huge uh, win to go one and on the conference. And uh, Hunt looking to stay in in the conference title talk. Um, but uh, they're going to have a time against Rocky Mount. Suddenly seems like they're finding their way. So uh, we'll see, man. I'm, I'm looking for Friday night. It's been a season's going by really quick, but it's been a pretty good season thus far. There you go. So we'll see if uh, any teams make a late move here at the near the end of the regular season. Um, for that, check out Wes on his broadcast and uh, keep up with the all-new Sports Show Twitter feed for uh, the latest in high school football scores from that area. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Foreign Fair Podcast. And until next time, everyone stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night to the Dutch. Boys are getting it done. Oh, Jeannie. Oh, Vigil. Oh, the Lick the Young. And all the D's in the van. What a a run. What a run thus far by the Dutchman. They don't need to become fine Danes anymore. They're just fine. sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist 
at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. 